0: This is Tradlore, a traditional archery and barebow podcast with me, Jimmy Halpenny. How's it going? It's been a while. I've been doing a lot of hunting, been doing a lot of working, but have not been doing a lot of recording. Not been successful with my hunting, but that's okay. The season is early, and I have been enjoying the wilderness. As for all of you, I hope your season is going well. And if you're not having much success, you know, at least enjoy the time that you get to spend in the outdoors. Uh, A few months back, uh, this summer, I purchased a pack of three-blade VPA 250 grain broadheads after I had been fighting with the tune for quite a while. I found my tune, ordered the broadheads, and when I got them, I screwed them on, went out to my target, shot, and they immediately, with no playing around, flew with my field points. Not only did those broadheads fly with my field points, they out-penetrated on my foam target my field points and consistently out-penetrate my field points on the foam target, which is always a sign of a good broadhead as well as a solid tune. When After my shooting session, I brought them in, sharpened them up, and they were a breeze to get hair popping sharp. You can see the video on my Instagram of me shaving my leg with the videos. Not that you all want to watch me shave my legs, unless that's your thing. You can do whatever you want to. But just completely impressed with them. I've been telling everybody about their products. They are a company that I saw quite a while ago um, and never pulled the trigger on, even though I believe that they have very competitive pricing Uh, this go around I needed a 250 grain broadhead I wanted to try three blade and VPA was the company that I went with so you know after posting on Instagram what I liked about their broadheads um, I was in contact with VPA vantage point archery and we decided to do a podcast uh, wanted to get them on here to talk about their company a little bit, uh, their values as a company, and talk about their products and you know what might be to come from VPA. So on today's episode, I have Ryan and I have Alex from VPA Vantage Point Archery. And they're, they're going to give you some of those details. These are quality American-made products from a company that employs quite a few people. Um, They they go over that a little bit at the end of this podcast, so definitely listen. I hope you enjoy it, and uh, I'll catch you here at the end of the episode. Here we go. I have Alex and Ryan on the line with me today. Ryan is one of the owners of EPA, and Alex is the marketing manager, how are you both doing today?
1: Doing good. Thanks for having us.
2: Doing great. Thanks for having us on. No
0: problem. And uh just a little bit, and I don't care who answers first here. Um, but just wanted to know a little bit about each of your backgrounds in the sport. Um, and you know, archery background, hunting background, marketing background, whatever that might be.
1: Sure. I can start off. So my background, I guess, as far as archery is pretty New, so I've just been getting into it this past season, so it'll be my first time going bow hunting uh really looking forward to it. I just got back from a two week vacation, so I've been missed opening day here, so I'm getting ready to go out but um just always been interested in the outdoors and my family grew up hunting um yeah, from out west originally, so that's a big part of the culture and growing up um.
2: So happy to continue it here in Indiana. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, my background in hunting, believe it or not, starts five years ago when we bought VPA and Absolute Machining. I've always loved shooting critters growing up, always loved killing stuff, but I did not pick up a bow until five years ago when we bought the company, and I'm like, I've got to know this stuff, and I not only have to know this stuff, I have to know like getting to weed stuff like f o c and spinaline line and paper tune and knock tuning, and so my uh learning curve, needless to say over the last five years has uh gone gone through the roof, and I say <laughs> that like I'm an older guy, right, but like I never stop learning i never stopped loving to learn new things, so yeah, that's kind of our background, like my background in hunting um since then killing a lot of critters um like Alex said, opening day, we did opening day in Missouri this year. We didn't need to get to shoot a thing, but I saw a lot of deer and it was a blast. <laughs> um, I passed up a nice wide eight at about 45, 50 on my second set, and I thought I could do better. And I got, and it was one of those times where I knew after I left, like, man, this is the first time ever I've been like picky. And I kind of kicked myself yep. for that, for being picky. Um, like Alex said, opening day last weekend um it wasn't cold or two weeks ago it wasn't cold um temperatures have finally dropped here in indiana so it's it's things are starting to move and that's exciting times for us
1: yeah it's getting chilly it was like 55 so it's really nice right now hoping it stays like this for a while and doesn't get too too cold too quickly
0: that's about where we are in west virginia hanging around the 50s i know it was super hot here last week and then this week it got colder. I mean, the only thing that helped me out was, you know, I didn't get overheated. I still didn't see anything, but oh, <laughs> it, <man>. it's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> you know, I'm out there. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And and you know, go on to Ryan. Uh, you know, I do want to let you know there is no end in learning archery. Um, I don't know <laughs> if you're aware much of what the podcast <laughs> is. But we are a traditional archery podcast, you know. Four people switching over from compound, mostly from people switching over to compound to traditional, because I had shot compound my whole life. So
3: um, it's, yeah. it's
2: it's funny that you say that. Um, so I right, I went to compound first because it was easier, right? It is easier. It's so much easier because I've been shooting with guys and they have some traditional bows and they're like, shoot this, shoot this. And I can't hit a target to save my life. And this <laughs> one running on the compound side of stuff. <laughs> like target panic and stuff like that. Like, how am I supposed to? Man, it'll be next, right? I keep saying it'll be next. It it it'll took me next. two
0: at it, uh, to be honest. The first time I couldn't touch the target. So it it's, you know, different. Um, you know, I don't don't hate anything that happened with compound. I don't really miss it at this point in my life, but I mean it served me for twenty 25 years. So
2: that's awesome. Um, and, you know,
0: anything you want to relate to compound today, that's perfectly fine as well. Cause we do have a lot of compound listeners. Okay. Um, now uh, just a little bit, because I've seen VPA around for years. Um, this is my first year using the VPA product. Uh, what, what is some of the history of the company, you know, with you taking over, um, you know, where did it start? Uh, any kind of information you can give on that?
1: Yeah, so I can go ahead and kind of give a little background on us. So we started out as a machine shop, Absolute Machining, and we still have that side of our business. Um, So we're located in the same building. VPA kind of just spun off of that. Um, We have a great team of machinists, and one of our head engineers, Jeff Miller, just wanted to make his own broadhead. He was a really big traditional bow hunter, actually. Um, So I think we started out with a three-blade. Was it 150 grain? Ryan was our first broadhead. Yeah, that was um, in
2: 2008, I believe.
1: Yep, so kind of just spread word of mouth from there, gave it to his friends, people heard about it. And then the past couple years, we've started selling online, um, gotten in, I think, over 100 bow shops now around um, the country and even some international ones as well. So that's kind of the short story of who we are. We machine um, broadheads. We do ILF risers, small game thumpers. We manufacture broadheads for other companies who label them as their own. Um, even on the the absolute machining side of our business, we do firearm parts and different things like that. So, really, it's, it's fun. We're doing a lot for the outdoor uh, industry, and it seems like every day we've got a new project going on. So, it keeps us on our toes.
2: And then on my side, um, so Jeff Stringer and I, um, a partner, and then there's our silent partner, my brother-in-law. I guess not silent. He's my brother-in-law, and his name's Rob Trostle. And um, there's three of us on that side that we – we we had another company that was located down in Bluffton that's local to us, and Jeff needed some parts. He needed to be machine. And he like, hey, go to this place. It's called Absolute Machine. And we're like, okay. He brought me in here the next week, and believe it or not, DPA was being ran on, like, two little Haas machines. And we saw that. We saw what they were making. We are like – Oh my! They they don't see the value in what they're running. Um, We knew like the outdoor space, we understood that, and having a broadhead being American made, like that's super. We're super proud of that, and it's something that a lot of guys don't understand how hard it is to make a solid one piece broadhead. And when we saw that, we just talked to the owners, and they were yeah, they were there were some older guys, and they were ready to kind of move on down the road. So it was it was a it was a great fit for all of us.
3: Yeah, it's, I mean,
0: you know, it's not an easy process, and you don't have, at this point in time, a lot of companies making American-made broadheads. Um, And, you know, I I would believe with you, and I'm sorry if I'm misusing this term, but being an OEM manufacturer as well, you know, there's probably several broadheads out there that you're making, you know, that gets that American-made label that doesn't have your own name on it. And I mean, you know, just looking through the broadhead market, um, that was important to me when I was selecting a broadhead. And I know a lot of others, it's selected as well, because you do have that American made, you know, quality. Now, do you have any products that are made overseas or is everything in house?
1: Everything's 100% made here in our shop. So you can kind of see, I don't know if you'll show the video when you post this, but Ryan's kind of got the background behind him of our shop. I think it's about 30,000 square foot, completely filled with CNC machines. We're running out of room. We've been buying, buying up a lot of new equipment. So, uh, everything's made here and we're super proud of that. And that's something we don't want to compromise on. I know a lot of other companies do and, And they try to reflect that in their margins or prices. And we really do the best that we can to keep our prices low, even though it is an expensive way of making broadheads and doing it here in the States versus outsourcing that overseas. But um, that's something we're not going to compromise on.
2: Not only are we not going to compromise on it, but like to the fact where when, when things went wrong with COVID and people couldn't get stuff from overseas in that, in this industry, they came to us and were like, hey, can you do some inserts? Can you like, yeah, we want a, five, a five-year agreement. And they're like, well, no, we can't do that. We want to go back. And we're like, we're sorry. Like, that's not something we want to do. We want things to stay in the United States because, let's face it, there are guys that want to work. There are guys every day that want that want to be proud of something yeah. that they're making, and that's, that's what we're, 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 hell, <laughs> we're we're bent on American-made integrity and ethics. That's what, like, those are our solid three that we want to be known for.
0: And that's like, that's something that I was looking at and, you know, kind of going off the price point a little bit, you know, somebody might look at your broadheads and see the price and kind of have a little bit of shock value. But if I'm looking at, you know, your competitors and most of these, to be honest, are not American made editors. Um, a few years ago when I was shooting compound, I had a broadhead that I did like, and I found out that it was not, made in America. It's, you know, not the same as yours, but, a, you know, a fairly similar design. Um, yours is better, I will say. But that broadhead um, for a pack of three came in at forty five dollars made in China. Your broadheads, the comparable one on your website right now, are listed for fifty six dollars and seventy five cents. So we're at fifteen dollars ahead for the Chinese made product around a little bit less than $19 a head for the American-made product. Another product I found was at $50, um, also, you know, a, a comparable product, but with a lesser steel quality. It Its claim is to be made in America, but a lesser quality steel. And I know because I've, you know, played around with the head, that one comes in at $17 per head. And these are all three-blade designs. For the two-blade Design as well, you have got your standard models uh, for a right hand single bevel uh, I found on your website was seventy seven twenty five to upgrade that steel to the s seven tool steel, which is a, a pretty major upgrade, is only ten dollars and seventy four cents more so we're talking you know the price of the big Mac in nineteen ninety nine like not <laughs> uh, not. <laughs> I took it even further because your most expensive broadhead, which I do want to talk about today because I'm interested in it, is the new Omega. Once again, made with the S7 tool steel. Anybody that knows anything about steels and broadheads knows that that's, you know, a pretty elite steel. $113. The broadhead that I found most comparable to it, as far as, you know, what your competition would be, is coming in at $120. So we're talking about, you know, seven dollars more on that broadhead. Not saying that it's a bad product. I've not tested it, but you are putting out that you know same quality tool steel, quality manufacturing, made in the USA, and you're you're meeting that same you know price point as that broadhead, essentially, if not a little bit less. And I think that's huge. Um, you know, not to go on with price point too much here, um, but you're you're kind of hitting that middle ground. Price point. You don't have the dirt cheap price point. Those are made for disposable broadheads, as I call them. You're, you're hitting the middle ground, and you are hitting the upper end as well. And I mean, you. I've seen archery companies since I've been in it. They have been the most successful when they were able to hit the middle ground when prices were rising. So I think that's you know super important. I don't you know like to name companies, but I, I look at PSE Archery uh, when I shot compound. PSE Archery, you know, bow prices are rising. They're hitting $1,000. They come out with a seven, $600 bow at that time that, you know, was not machined to the same standards, um, but shot almost as well as that $1,000 bow. And it took this, the market by storm and I would say probably revived their entire company. So there is that middle ground market. Not everybody's wanting the dirt cheap. Not everybody wants to top of the line. And I, I think that you all hit that uh, incredibly well.
2: Uh, yeah we appreciate that it's something that um alex being our marketing girl like she does a lot of that research right and she's always like hey what about this price point what about that price point point?" and um we say we're the blue collar broadhead in the sense of like yes it's in that middle ground but also the <laughs> broadhead can be reused over and over over and over stringer always says like our broadheads can be reused and they're fully open on impact always so something that <laughs> Something they always said. So it's, it's great. We hear that, but also it's like, I hear, like, I see those comments. I mean, that's $113 for a pack. How can they even think that they're going to sell any of these things? And it kind of hurts because it's like, man, I know they're expensive, but if they understood what it took to machine these things, they'd be like, your price should be more than that. Like, so mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Thanks for so much for saying that. Yeah. yeah I, and like we I, said, we always
1: try to pass on, you know, the savings to the customer when we can and we're really diligent about the decisions we make, the types of steel we use. I mean, everything we do has so much R and D testing going on in the background that that people don't really see. So we really we we never make we never put out a product that hasn't gone through extensive testing and, and research and And everything like that, and we want to pass along the savings when we can. We want people to be able to buy our product and use it for seasons to come. And we always say, like, use it until you lose it. Basically, is the only time when people come back or if they want to try a different style, because they're gonna have the broadheads, you know, last until you can't find them anymore or something like that. So
2: yeah, you're right, Alex. I just got off the phone with a customer today. They're like, hey, I passed through. I passed through a dough, I, I spined her. Um, he's a trad guy. I spined her. And he's like, my my arrow was buried like eight inches in the ground. I'm like, oh, man, that's awesome. He's like, but I went to, I went to put it on my put it on my shaft, a new one, spun it. He's like, I can't get it. To, it's got a wobble in it. I'm like, so why is that a problem? He's like, well, I just feel bad. He's like, because I dropped the doe. And he's like, I got to get a new one now. I was like, no, you don't. Like, we'll warranty that. We'll warranty that all day long. Like if you have a kill with one of our broadheads and it's not performing right after you drop the animal, like we're going to send you a new one at no charge.
0: Wow. I actually did not know that. And that's huge as well for a company to stand behind the product like that. There, there aren't many that do it. I mean, there are yep. some too, um, but you know, a lot of the time it's like pulling teeth and I'll say um, I'm using your three blade heads. I'm sure it, at least one of you has seen it on my Instagram. I'm a three blade person and the first time I shot them, uh, first and foremost, they out penetrated my field points in my foam target, which is huge. And normally that's how I know one, I have a good broadhead and two, I have a good tune. If your broadhead's out performing your field point, that you know, that that is a recipe for a perfect tune. At one point in time, I passed through the target and I buried the broadhead and I'm shooting the 250 grain. So that's not a short broadhead. Uh, I buried it three quarters of the way into a pine tree behind me, pulled it out, you know, perfectly, you know, straight. It was still sharp. Um And your broadheads, you know, they come pretty sharp out of the box, too, which is impressive. I mean, I, you know, kind of get. Uh, a little anal over it, and I still sharpen my broadheads as most people should, but you know, they came nearly shaving sharp out of the package. So,
1: yep, and we do recommend, like you said, that customers sharpen them before they take them out in the field. We do a, a factory grind on them. Um, we are working to offer here, hopefully, soon, um, an option to buy them already ready to go, you know, popping hair sharp for those who don't want to take the time necessarily to, to sharpen them before they go out in the field. So um that's kind of a little something we're working on too. You
2: know, I can't okay. S- okay Alex, I'll say it. I don't think they're sharp. Like like I'm taking them out of a package. Like I want them hair, pop- hair hair popping sharp all day long. Like and I don't feel we're doing I feel like we're doing guys sometimes a disservice when they get a pack of broadheads. Like she said, we are working on that. I think hopefully by March, April of next year, we're going to put some new equipment online and be able to figure out and fine-tune that sharpening so everything is razor sharp. I just – ah, and we can go to, like, some of those brands out there. Like, when you pull them, they're just scary sharp, and I want to be scary sharp like that. So we're almost there. We're getting there. Just more the other more time
1: of... in the process, more, more cost involved. So one of those things where we've, we've worked to keep our costs down. So it's, that's just kind of been, yeah.
0: That's, I appreciate you admitting that too. Uh, very cool. Now with the three blade and, and I can't speak for the S7 tool steel, but with the high carbon steel, I mean, it's ridiculously easy to get sharp. Um, I bought just a cheap, diamond stone and some sandpaper. And then I actually put some polishing compound on a piece of cardboard um just to see, I wanted to try it against the leather strop and it, you know, took five minutes to shave the hair off my legs. Um, but, you know, with the three blade, I, you know, I wanted to go three blade because that's what I'm comfortable with, but I was looking at the single bevels and I of all the broadheads. I've tried mechanicals, you know, two blade, four blade, three blade, Three blades been my favorite, but I've never tried a single bevel. And the new broadhead that you have, the Omega, I believe is what you call it. uh, That had me very tempted to purchase it. You know, that is your new premium broadhead. The only reason I didn't is because I did need a 250 grain broadhead. Um, But, you know, I'd like for you all to talk a little bit about the design of that broadhead and what it offers, because it looks super easy to sharpen. Uh, it looks super deadly as well.
1: Yeah, so our our new product um, that we launched this summer, the VPA Omega, we worked with Daryl Barnett from Digital to Definitive to design um, and launch it. Super exciting! It's been our number one seller the past couple months since it's been out. We currently offer it in 200 grain right and left bevel, um, and launching soon, we're going to launch it in more grain weights, so 125 up to um i believe 350 um so a little bit of something for everybody depending on what you're interested in but um m- the majority of the features of this broadhead are patent pending so there's the lay flat sharpening technology so if you pull up a picture or you get your hands on some or check out our youtube we've got several videos over there showing how to sharpen it and kind of going into detail on the different features and engineering behind the head but it's designed to lay flat so we actually machine down the ferrule so it'll lay flat on your sharpening stone your sandpaper whatever um, and you just have to push or pull the broadhead towards you um, to get it sharp so no jig required um, it's just kind of extra money you have to spend on something when you could put that money into your broadhead so we're super proud of this head and it took like we mentioned earlier a lot of r and a lot of testing to get it to where um, it's a really high quality product and and we've just received so much positive feedback and and people wanting the the new grain weights to come out soon, so we're working on it.
2: I think also, Alex, that you you've said a couple other times that like we listen to what people want, and that was something that people wanted like an easier way to like sharpen a single bevel head. Let's face it, like the state there's stay sharp guides, the K&E guides, like there's a bunch of products out there to sharpen a single bevel broadhead, but they're just a pain in the butt. Like they're super hard to work with. You never know if you got your angle right. You got to put tape on it. You got to do this. You got to do that. And this takes all the guesswork out of it. Like within like five, five, ten minutes, you should be hair popping sharp within five. Easy. Like like some of the guys in the shop, we kind of like work through like what's the best way to do it. What's the best way to do it? And we went through everything like forwards, backwards, circles, switch it, back backside, forward. Like it's amazing how easy they are to get sharp.
1: Yep. Yep. And I guess another feature too worth mentioning that's patent pending is it actually goes from, if you're looking at like the top third of the broadhead is actually a double bevel and then the remaining two thirds of the broadhead is a single bevel. So you're getting that penetration, um, that bone breaking power from the double bevel, and then it gets to the remaining two thirds of the broadhead and you just have that extremely sharp single bevel blade that's ready to just tear through arteries Um, And cause some massive damage. So that's, like I said, we worked with Daryl Barnett. He actually um, was a rocket scientist and worked on um, missiles and different things like that. So he's got a really great understanding of the science that needs to go behind the products we're putting out.
3: And I've seen a lot
0: of, I mean, recently, I know they're new to the market, but I've seen the, some YouTube videos and you know what, the, in all the tests I've seen, it's been incredibly impressive. Um, I mean, you know, it's going to penetrate like a two-blade broadhead, but, you know, they're outperforming a lot of what's on the market, and it's it's nice to see an original design. I mean, VPA, to me, shows a company that has proven designs, you know, that's worked across many brands um, with your own flair on it, and this broadhead just kind of shows the originality of it as well. Um, and, and one thing I do want to talk about, I don't know, you know, what all of you have designed, um, you know, when you took over the company, uh, but I, I think that one thing that makes the VPA outperform others is the transition, uh, that the broadhead takes, you know, from the point to the actual arrow itself, uh, everything is super smooth, um, it a- aids in penetration, uh, the broad other broadhead that I mentioned that actually got me interested in the VPA that I liked that was made in China did not have that and did you know with the compound bow was underpenetrating what my traditional bow is doing right now. Um, yeah, it, I think
2: it, you'll find I think you'll find out that that other broadhead was probably either injection molder or MEMS like they can't like with ours being CNC and made like we can control the outside the outside, like every diameter we want, whether it's 204, whether it's 832 threads, you know what I mean? Like those are industry standards, right? But when you're talking about going up against collars and stuff like that, we want them as flush as possible. And we know those diameters, right? Because we're all hunters here. So we want to make sure, like you said, that that smooth transition from the head to the shaft.
3: Yeah, I think it makes a,
0: a huge difference personally. Like, that's the one major design thing that, you know, across all of your products impresses me, Uh, because there's not a lot out there that does that. Um, That's very specific to all of you.
1: Yeah, and going off of that, kind of Ryan mentioned, there's a lot of other fixed blade broadheads out there, but like he said, they could be metal-injected molded or welded together. Um, So just... The, the way we machine our broadheads makes them as durable as possible. They're literally being machined out of one solid piece of bar stock, so no moving parts or or weld lines or anything like that that could compromise the broadhead.
2: For, uh, you'll love this, I think, James, a little bit. Like, you're thinking about a 250-grain broadhead. It starts out at around 7,000 grains. <laughs> Every broad every every broadhead, think about that. So if you're making a one hundred grain, it still starts at seven thousand grains. One pound of material.
3: That that's that's a lot of machining. <laughs> a, lot, a lot
2: of <laughs> with super tight. Well
1: cars. a lot of recycling for our, <laughs> our metal
3: recycling.
2: guys up here. <laughs> and with, when you're talking run out in the tents, right? And you're talking like we can trick out pretty hard when we talk about like machining stuff and Making sure those tolerances are so tight. Like, we don't want run out. We hate run out, right? That's just something that's in our nature. Like, we hate seeing that. So, keep going. I don't, what were you saying there, James? Yeah.
0: I mean, from a machining standpoint, it's one of the few broadheads that I have ever shot when I'm screwing it into the insert. I've got eight different inserts at my house. You don't get all of that wiggle and play. I've never had the broadhead back out of my arrow. Um, you know, even field points will, you know, well made field points. Sometimes you'll hear that rattle as they come loose. And that's not something I've experienced with your broadhead. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not on here to talk you up too much, but I wouldn't be shooting the product if I. (laughs) And, uh, it, it really is one of the more strict, if not the most strict tolerance of broadhead.
2: We're always pushing always pushing to do better. And I think the sharpening, the sharpening side will do that. And then there's always more to come, right? Like I don't, we always say what's new, what else can we do? And um, it's hard to do what the native Americans did a long time ago to make a sharp pointy thing. So we're always <laughs> trying to push that envelope and see what else we can do.
1: Yeah. And going off that, I mentioned earlier, like we machine different firearm parts for different companies and we're really working to kind of expand vantage point to be vantage point outdoors not just archery we have our archery we'll incorporate some new designs um for different products we're working on and hopefully launch shows probably the beginning of the year um we're working with some companies on magazine extensions and different things like that so really just pushing kind of what what we can do and kind of how we can diversify our offerings
3: And um, another thing that I
0: didn't realize, um, to be honest, until I was looking at your website today, you know, is the full line of products you already have. You've got the field points. um, You have the ILF riser, which I've seen, which is big. You know, are you making, other than broadheads, are you doing OEM manufacturing of any other products currently, you know, in that realm, in the archery realm, or is it just broadheads at this
3: time? Ryan, uh, go ahead. Uh,
2: um, <laughs> yes, but... Really you don't have to be <laughs> 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 Well, well we're,
3: we're
1: just trying just, to think because, like, yes. just, there's so many. There's just so many different products we, we have. I'm trying to rack through our my brain. I'm sure Ryan's doing the same. I think we carry, ourselves, we carry over 60 SKUs now of just broadheads. So between two-blade, three-blade, single-bubble, double-bubble, you know the different steel types, vented or solid, um, and then all our small game heads. We've even got some glue-on stuff. Um, yeah. Well, we're about, yeah, to then all an, the we're about to
2: add another fourteen for the Omegas from one twenty-five up to three hundred and fifty. Like we're gonna have pretty soon. We're gonna have over a hundred broadheads that we offer. I know when we hit that point, I think we ought to maybe take a look at some stuff and what we're doing. But, yeah, we want to say we can make a broadhead for everybody. And I and know we can do that already if they're willing to. Like and you I, said, you said that earlier about, like, making sure the bow is tuned properly. We're not, we're not a Walmart Saturday morning broadhead. We're a guy that, like, is going through that tuning process or taking it to his bow shop and be like, hey, I, I know you guys are carrying it. I see the VPA heads on yourself. Can you help me tune this out? Um, and they're willing to do that, right? They're, that's what they're there to do, and that's what they want to do. It's just taking the time to do that.
0: And it's big that you offer as many different grain weights as you do. As a you know, as a compound archer, I could you know throw anywhere from a hundred to hundred and fifty grain broadhead on a three hundred or three forty you know whatever I chose, and it would shoot straight. As a traditional archer, when I started my tuning process and I had the full gamut of grain weight heads, I had several spined arrows. You know, getting it fine tuned. And then, trying to find a company that had the grain weight that I needed, you know that that was huge to me, and the one thing that v p a consistently did is no matter what grain weight head I was trying, you made a broad head for it, so I knew that there was that option out there the whole time and and I think that that's big for us i mean i can I think I can speak on the traditional archery community's behalf and saying, you know I hope that's something that you continue to do." Um, because it makes a different in tuning, difference in tuning. I mean, you can add, uh, you know, outserts, extended inserts, but whenever you get into the traditional realm of things, that affects spine in a completely different way. I mean, I could throw, uh, you know, weights onto the back of my insert and that's going to make, you would think it would drop the spine of the arrow, but what I was running into is it was actually stiffening the spine. Sure, there was more weight up front, but I was essentially shortening the length of that arrow. So having a broadhead company make a broadhead where you can hit everything and you don't have to adjust your insert too much, even though nice inserts are nice, um, kind of said that twice there, but uh, even though they are nice to have, you know, having that broadhead that will get the perfect tune is of the utmost importance.
1: Yeah, we're, we pride ourselves on offering as much as we can just to have some something for everyone, like you mentioned, and something cool we do. We also offer a field pack, like a, a field point test kit. Um, so 100 grain up to 300 grain, there's a field point of each size. Um, so you could buy a pack of, of that test kit, go home and shoot and see what works best with your setup um, instead of just, you know. Guessing and buying a pack of 150s or something when you really need a different grain weight. So, um, we found that to be really helpful to our customers who are maybe wanting to switch up their setup for the year, kind of just want to play around and, and see what flies best.
3: Yeah, that's that's also, a, go ahead, James. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, I wish I would have known that because I think I probably spent like $150 on field points. <laughs> <So, laughs> <laughs> my wife would have been
3: something. happy.
2: Something we just added last week, and I don't – and um, I didn't pass it by Alex, being my marketing When I should have probably said this before. Wife. She was on vacation, but just kind of do it when she was on vacation. She's like, you did what? It's like, yeah, we're doing it. Um, So we're <laughs> doing packs of broadheads where you can mix and match any broadhead, any weight, any size you want also. So if you want a three-blade 100, a three-blade 125, and a three-blade 150 – you can go on our website on, on our account now and you can build that pack or if you want uh, a two blade right bevel <clears throat> 125 a two blade 200 left bevel or a three blade 300 right bevel like you can build that pack and we're going to sell it to you it's at a premium price right but if, that way if you want to see how other broadheads stack up with each other like which one's better to tune out which one do you like it like I love the idea of the field point test kit. We throw a heck of a lot out of those for guys that like are trying to figure out which weight works for them. But this is just giving those guys an option of like, hey, I want to see all these. I want to look at them. I want to feel them and see how they fly.
0: That's big because no matter how much, I mean, I got, maybe I got lucky, but you know, there are different things that can affect broadhead flight including, you know, a lot of people now are talking about clocking your arrow. Is it, is it moving right or is it moving left? Uh, not something I've done a lot of. I mean, this go around, the broadheads flew right with my field points. But, you know, sometimes bad arrow flight is not because it's a crooked broadhead. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts, even in a, you know, a recurve or longbow that can affect that. And it, we can't always blame the broadhead. So it is important to try those different ones out.
2: Yeah, you're going to find out, and even the guys that are even on the traditional side of stuff, if they're, I would, not all the guys, but I would check which way you are clocking. If you're getting into the single bevel world, you want to know which rotation you have on your aero flight. That way, you're not fighting against it. It will, it will do funky things if you're, it'll just come off wheel and they'll be able to see that and they'll notice right away if the rotation is long. And you, I think most of the guys out there know that, like, no, just knock shoot it three foot away, and might make a mark on there, and they'll be able to tell which way they're clocking
3: A lot
0: of the traditional guys they they like to say that tuning is not important um ah. <laughs> you know that they they will say that Indians did not have to tune their arrows. um, I disagree; I clock my arrows, and I think that it's important that we give the cannibal that we're after, you know a a well tuned arrow, a quick kill Ugh. um so I you know that's Absolutely. something that I, so you know clocking uh i even and this is weird as a traditional archer, but I spine-align my arrows, I weigh them, I make sure that they're all you know within a grain um so that, that's pretty big to me, and i I think that everybody should do that, whether it be compound or traditional,
1: and that's something we're always talking about is. I think Ryan mentioned it earlier, like ethics is so important to us and um, ethical hunting. And and we carry that, obviously, daily making our products and making them as good as we possibly can and putting out quality products so you can take that and go and have a successful ethical hunt. Um, but we always say, yeah, you can't, you still have to practice and put in that work. I mean, um, so that's really important. I think that you you share that. I think a lot of people feel the same way, so.
3: Agreed. Now,
0: um, just a little bit more. I don't want to keep you all too long here. I know you're still at work, Um, but, but, you know, you were talking about the expansion of VPA going into that world. Is that, you know, going to mostly be on the gun side of things or will we see more expansion on the archery side of things as well?
1: All of the above, I think <laughs> this is the correct answer. So we're really yeah. looking into firearms, archery, out just general outdoor type products. Um yeah. I mean hopefully we can talk about some of the products here soon as we kind of fine tune them and, and get closer to coming to market. Um, but really a lot of exciting stuff coming. Uh, I would venture to
2: say that out of VPA, you'll see some different risers coming. Um, I would venture to say that, like, man, I really want to do, and this doesn't go into the, the traditional side, but, yeah, on our risers, we're going to do different sizes. I want to. I think there's a need for it. I really think that um, our no. 13 inches, man, it, it's got so much, such great traction, but I think we can do some other things along with the ILF side that, guys are really like, I want to do a release. I really do. I think I we've got, our team has got some great ideas. Um, this is on the compound side, but I think we've got some great ideas that we can kind of like, it's going to be different and I want it to be different. And I want guys to think like, huh, that's cool. Never thought of it like that. Um, heads are always something like we always say like, yes, there's only, there's, only so much you can do to a sharp pointy thing on the end of your stick, but also we take that that criticism back from people in the industry. Like, what else can we do? Have you ever thought about this? I um, talked to a guy like uh, a couple weeks ago that said, "Hey, I'd love to have your Omegas and a 440 stainless." And I'm like, "Dude, that's going to be expensive." He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> but wouldn't that go?" And I'm thinking, you know what? It might. Like a 440 stainless and an Omega, like. Can you think about how easy that would be to hunt with, like, in the northwest or the northeast? Because yeah. they have so much salt issues and they want something like that. And they can, you know what, maybe that would go. So <laughs> the sky's the limit. Like, it's it's really about, like, how can we how can we help out the guys be more ethical? Um, how can we help them out, like, fine-tune and and not only fine-tune, but, like, teach them up. Like, hey, really, do you have to take an 80-yard shot? Are, are you sure you're not comfortable at 40? Um, let's build that area. Let's see what that's like. Let's um, Great. let's talk there a little bit.
0: In, from the traditional side of things, you know, you were mentioning the longer riser. Uh, I do see that as a trend right now. Um, people are going longer. A lot of guys hunting with 64-inch bows, which, you know, is impossible with a 13-inch riser. So I think that'd be huge. Um, that'd be something I would probably invest in, and, you know, several of the listeners would as well. Um, I am LF hunter um i do not at this time at least own any wood bows so you know looking into that's big and then you don't have to answer on this but you are you know on the broadhead blade side of things you know if you want to make some more hunting knives i i love my knives so <laughs> <laughs> uh, ryan
1: would love to he's a knife i would guy. love to
2: make a knife i've been preach. i've been saying that for like the last five years hey let's do a knife let's do a knife and We can do knives. That's right. That's in our wheelhouse. We could definitely do that. It's just that it takes a lot of setup, a lot of, like, getting in the weeds there on. Everybody's got their inputs on a knife, right? Then there's not one out there that's perfect. And if I'm going to do it, I want to do it right, and I want to do it well, because it's got the VPA name behind it.
0: Yeah, I'm a knife nut, so if if you uh, think of one, let me know about it, and I'll, I'll purchase one. (laughs) (laughs) that's a big thing for me but yeah um you know i definitely like the way you're going um is there anything else you wanted to talk about today
1: i feel like we really covered a lot we kind of gave you guys a little info into who we are kind of how we started out um we talked about our plans for the future i guess in addition to the new products we're gonna really push to hit some some shows this coming year more than we have so we'll be at Shot show, Dallas Safari Club, um, the Great American Outdoor Show in Pennsylvania, um, Sports Inc. I'm sure I'm missing some, Ryan. There's, I look at our calendar and we're all starting to like prepare ourselves for nonstop travel in January.
2: (laughs) Western Recreational for those guys out west. We're going to try to hit that one too. I think that's in Utah. Yep.
1: Yep. Salt Lake City, the Western Hunt Expo. Yep. So it should be really fun. We've hit up a lot of the shows, but we're really trying to make sure we're there and um, getting to talk with people in person and customers in person is so important to us and um, we really enjoy it. So we're looking forward to that.
2: I guess the only other thing that I would say, um, if if you're a new bow hunter and whether it's in your traditional side or the compound side, hit up a tack event. Like, if you want to, like, go out and just shoot and have those awkward shots, whether it's uphill, downhill, um, have a hike. Like, you don't have to hit the sit course. You don't have to hit the hard ones. But a weekend with the family, just outdoors, hit a couple courses. and, they're great. They have a bunch of them throughout the United States, and they start in April, May sometime around there, Alex. Yep. And yep. we hit a lot of those. You'll see us there. You can talk to me. Um, Alex will be at some. You can talk to her. Um even in a traditional side, like, it's not like you have to take the 111-yard um, wooly mammoth shot. Like, you can move up. They're not – like, guys are super cool. Whatever group you're with, it's not that big a deal. But it's a lot of fun.
3: That, I'll have to add that on my list of
0: things. I've been been saying that for a while. I've not made it to one yet, but hopefully
3: mm-hmm. soon. Well, um, I'm
1: trying to think of the closest one out by you where that would be. I'll have to that one schedule.
3: Uh, there, there's Okay.
0: One. So I'm in the northern part, and I think there's one in Seven Springs, Pennsylvania. So yeah. that one's not too far from where I'm at. Would love to go to that. I, I say it every year, and then I get stuck at work. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, uh, as well, you know, last thing here, but where can people purchase your products? and you know where can they find you on social media
1: yep so vparchery.com all of our products are listed there lots of company updates or new product launches and stuff like that different events we have going on um so that's the best place to look uh social media just search vpa or vantage point archery and you'll find us on all the different platforms and um we're also on amazon ebay um Like I mentioned earlier, we have over 100 archery shops that we're in, so hit up your local shop and see if they carry VPA. Um, Yeah.
2: And if they don't, if your local shop doesn't carry VPA, have them call me. You're going to talk to me. Like, they're going to talk to me or Alex. So we're willing to work with your local shops, and um, we just want to be in them. That way we can show them, like, hey, there's an American-made broadhead that they can offer to their guys that are hunting.
1: Yep, absolutely. And going off that, too, we kind of talked about – our shop being here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, everything's made right here. We have about 30, um, employees who work here. So we're really proud to be able to support 30 families basically here at our company. Um, so it's really important to us and I think it really shows a lot into who we are as a, as a group and as a company.
0: Absolutely. Well, I, I thank you both for joining me today. Uh, been a pleasure and I will continue to shoot your products. Like I said, I wouldn't have had you on here if I didn't personally believe in them. I was blown away, you know, with the first broadhead I ordered, still waiting to send one through a deer. Um, fingers crossed on that, but uh, definitely want to thank both of you a lot for that.
1: Yeah. No, thank
2: you, James. We appreciate it. Yeah. It's fun. We yeah, fun. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having us on.
0: All right, well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. It was a pleasure speaking with Ryan and Alex about their products and about their company. They are a company that I can stand behind just off of my limited experience I do have with their product like i said the pro- the broadheads fly great, they sharpen easy uh they hold their edge well they out penetrate my field points uh which impresses me quite a bit. uh definitely look forward to trying out more of their products in the future. You know, I might try to jump on the single bevel bandwagon after speaking with them. They do seem pretty passionate about the single bevel broadheads. And, you know, maybe it is time that I give them a try. I've done double bevel. I've done mechanicals. I've done four blade, three blade, two blade, you know, the whole nine yards. And I think next in my journey is trying out some single bevels. And I would not think twice before purchasing, you know, more of their products. If you had not before this podcast heard about VPA, which is highly unlikely, I, you know, would recommend you check them out and even give their product a go for yourself. Uh, Not only are they quality heads, but they, as they mentioned, are made in the U.S. and they do employ quite a few people in the U.S. Nothing is outsourced. So check them out. Um, you know, give them a like on their social media pages. That's always important to support businesses in this community and, you know, enjoy them. Uh, once again, hope you like this episode. I do have a few more house cleaning items I do want to get to today. You know, what's coming up for me and future episodes and a few other things that I'd like to hit. So uh, as you all know, I have been changing my aiming method recently. Um, I do want to put out an episode on that. Um, And also, you know, as my season keeps unwinding, I I do want to keep you up to date on that. Right now, there's really nothing to update. Uh, That's really why you haven't heard from me in a little while. But, you know, as it unfolds, I would like to update you all as well. One thing I did not do at the beginning of this episode that I always like to do, but I I like to do the podcast shout out. Today's podcast um, is from a very well-known podcast, It probably has a million listens by now, uh, just on a single episode. And normally I try to support, you know, the smaller podcast, but but today, a podcast that I keep coming back to, uh, an episode that I go back to time and time again, and I heard it last year uh, comes from Bear Grease. The, it, it is a series, but the first episode is called Genuine Outlaws, Louis Dale and Charlie Edwards. Um, that podcast, you know, does a really good job of painting a picture whenever, uh, Clay is telling stories. So worth listening to that. If you have not already heard that series, um, interesting. It's about some poachers. Um, not that I support poachers or poaching whatsoever, but it, it kind of shows you another side of things, and it's just a good listen, you know, a tall tale kind of listen, even though it sounds like it was not really a tall tale. It was, in fact, true, but go ahead and give that a listen. Check out VPA, and I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you all.